Welcome to the third season of the 2020-30 podcast. I'm Magdalena and I'm sitting here together with Max, my co-founder and business partner with Studio MMO4. And we are back after our summer holidays break and Max is actually coming back today from his holidays. How was it, Max? It was pretty amazing. The first real holidays it felt in many, many years. So uh, yes, actually I relaxed. So I'm extremely happy to be here and have this as my first working day, being here with you and talking about exciting sustainability developments again. It's such a lovely start, you know. <laughs> and I'm also very excited to all the content, which is actually coming up in the next episodes. And uh, we are starting with a small recap uh, from our pop-up denim edition um, during the Berlin Fashion Week. We hosted at Premium Trade Fairs, and uh, it was a really lovely event, only a short one, but uh, it was really nice. A lot of people attended, and you heard in our last episode some voices from our gathering. Yeah, and just to maybe give a little context again, obviously that pop-up was part of our 2020-30, the Berlin Fashion Summit series that we started in 2021, and that we are now extending, and we, yes, tried for the first time a more compact format, and we're very happy with the results, very focused on denim, um, but not, nevertheless uh, very effectful, I would say, from the networking. So let's look into, jump into the topics uh, to see how our audience can further um, benefit from what we have had there and spreading it now in our podcast. Last week, I got the chance to have an interview with Rosmarie Ruhkrog and Arno Passendier from the Dutch Denim Deal. They, were actually, they are actually located in Amsterdam, so we were recording online. And it's so lovely, I mean, so that now we can jump back into what we discussed already during the pop-up in Berlin, but now we can go deeper with Rosemarie and also have the extra voice of, of Arnaud, who is obviously a very important stakeholder in this whole uh, game since he is a policymaker in the Netherlands and uh, one with quite some influence. And they will share their learnings and experiences and also their plans for the future. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, so can we look forward to a European denim deal already? I hope so, and they are working on it. Cool. Let me just uh, quickly introduce uh, the two speakers I'm having here in my online room uh, for this uh, episode. It's Rosemarie Hoichkrug. You are really like a big expert in the industry talking about uh, sustainability and fashion. You have been working as a, on a lot of foundations, um, naming like Amnesty International, Elsewhere Foundation, Fairware Foundation and Fairtrade. And you have even founded your own foundation, the Clean and Unique Foundation in the Netherlands. And what we are actually having in common, you were also the coordinator of the Fashion Revolution campaign, such I was also for Germany, uh, so this is uh, quite nice. And uh, you finalized the European Horizon 2020 Reflow project, which seek to understand and transform urban material flows and co-create and test regenerative solutions at business governance and citizen levels. So it is really a big approach uh, to circular or reaching circular economy. And in that case, with this project for the city of Amsterdam, And since three years now, uh, you're actually the coordinator of the Dutch Denim Deal. And this is what we are talking about today. And uh, my second speaker here is Arnaud Passenier. You are actually part of the Department Ministry of Infrastructure and Water Management and one of the initiators of the Denim Deal. And you have a really long career in uh, politics and pushing sustainability on that front. So you have been contributing um, to the ground stuff and accord is a national agreement on the circular economy in 2017. And then following that, the Plastic Pact Netherlands in 2019, followed by then the European Plastics Pact in 2020. So you're really like pushing your topics up to the European level, which is really strong. But you have been also on the uh, global agenda and initiated the Clean Urban Delta Initiative in Rio de Janeiro already in 2015. So I think you are really like a change maker 
um, within the political sector. In your past roles, uh, you also served as the coordinator of sustainable product supply chains within the Ministry of Environment. So it is really nice to sit together today. And um, my first question to you would be, can you please explain what exactly the denim deal is and how it fits with the Green Deal on circular economy on the EU level? Well, thank you very much to, um, uh, to um, raise this question. Um, and um, yes, I'm, I'm really happy to, uh, to, uh, to tell you more about um, uh, the, the original um, start of the denim deal, but also in the context of the Green Deal of the European Commission. So the Green Deal of, on the, of the European Commission and the circular economy uh, action plan Uh, as as implementation of that um, is a is a really strong movement towards the circular economy. So a lot of uh, initiatives um, have been taken by the European Commission, also initiated uh, and maybe inspired by the Dutch uh, circular economy um, uh, program, which was launched in 2016. And um, one part is uh, about um, um, and the the textile strategy uh, of the European Commission. Well, in, in that sense, um, how to um, become more circular in the, um, uh, in the textiles um, uh, value chain? Um, um, we we thought, well, it it should be. Um, let's try to um, uh, to to use um, the denim sector uh, specifically to to show the world. Um, what is possible within the textiles uh, sector to um, to close the loop of uh, of materials, but also to uh, engage together um, in trying to um, become much more sustainable in the future. So, how does it work exactly, Hausmarie? Maybe you can just explore a bit and uh, explain our listeners, um, because I also read that there's uh, more than 20 different companies involved. So maybe you can explore a bit about how this denim deal exactly works. The denim deal is written by uh, a group of stakeholders and mainly that uh, the, the deal has to come from the public sector. And um, the stakeholders in the denim deal are all who are in the supply chain of a denim industry, but as well also the reverse supply chain as we call it. So also the we start with the brands they and the consumers they uh, discard their textiles. So the municipalities uh, are involved. Some of them, um, the collectors, the sorters, but then also the companies who shredder has to shredder the uh, the textiles. Then the spinners, the weavers, and the main industry are the spinners and the weavers and the manufacturers. And then to the brand. So everyone involved in the supply chain of the denim industry are involved. So when you started this project in 2020, so who did you reach out to and why? And how was uh, the reactions from the industry? Well, maybe to, to, um, uh, to start with, uh, with the um, initial um, action taken by um, uh, the House of Denim in, in Amsterdam. Um, uh, there... Um, Uh, the State Secretary of Environment, uh, Stientje van Veldhoven, and uh, our Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, visited the House of Denim. And there uh, they came to talk about um, well the future of denim in the context of the circular economy. And so there, uh, the original idea uh, started to, um, to create a denim deal uh, together with the industry um, uh, along the value chain as... Um, as um, Uh, Rosemarie has um, has uh, elaborated on um, and um, well um, um, we um, started with a small group of uh, of really um, uh, committed um, uh, stakeholders um, along that value chain and it um, it became stronger and um, and, and broader in um, in the sense that um, a lot of stakeholders were inspired by the story by the narrative. Um, uh, to join, and um, well, that um, uh, within a few months we had um, um, a document um, which was signed um, in uh, in October um, 2020. And um, how do you work together? Because I mean, in my understanding, this is a public-private partnership project, right? 
so is it fine uh, how is it financed and uh, what role um, is everyone having in this whole project we set up first a steering committee and the steering committee uh, they uh, aligned with the industry they are working in so we have someone from the brands from the sorters and the, and then from the spinners and the weavers and also from the collectors and together we discussed first of all what is needed and to understand uh, what is needed so we set up uh, in those days it was corona time so it's also particular to say that uh, this is the first uh, green deal what is signed during corona time so it was all new for us as well to do everything online but Uh, it made also the possibilities and the opportunities to connect with all the stakeholders. So the first meeting we arranged after to set up the steering committee was in February 2021, a online meeting, and everyone was there. We present, of course, uh, what was the meaning of the denim deal and what we were expecting from everyone and what the key elements are from the denim deal is that we share knowledge and we open up discussions and we also say we don't record anything we don't put anything on uh, on paper because we want to learn from each other and the intrinsic motivation from all of you so you can share in freedom and in all um, alignment with each other the lessons we learned uh, and we are going to learn because everyone, as a, every stakeholder, they have knowledge. And what you see mainly in the textile industry, that is knowledge, they keep it in-house. So every brand, they don't talk with another brand. If you have to leave a company, you have to sign um, contracts that you don't share knowledge, what you learned previously. But in this deal, um, the goal was uh, to share knowledge. And because of this uh, sharing knowledge and shared knowledge, uh, we set up working groups, working groups on quality, a working group on uh, collecting, uh, a working group on transportation, uh, the transport of collected textiles to go anywhere in the world. So... And to ask to someone from in that field to um, to be the chairholder from that working group, it made that we had different kind of groups. So if you had to share something, you want to share something, or you need to have some knowledge, you join this working group. To to add to this, um, I think it's uh, also important. That, so on the one hand, um, there should be openness to to each other. Also, um, companies, um, well, maybe sometimes uh, also com competitors. But at the same time, the denim deal is not um, not far free. So um, we set up a monitoring system in such a way that um, we see the results of the actions taken by the uh, different stakeholders in the value chain. So that's, uh, and uh, we send every year um, uh, the monitoring report to the, to Parliament. Um, so it's um, it's uh, in the open um, uh, on that uh, on that in the, in that sense. So it's um, um, well on the one hand um, sharing knowledge uh, as much as possible uh, and learn uh, together, but at the same time um, uh, we we should prevent uh, greenwashing and um, uh, and and free riders um, in this uh, in this matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So actually, the participating companies they were not allowed to, uh, to communicate about uh, the activities within the green uh, within the denim deal. No, they they were allowed to um, to communicate about their own actions and the and the results. Um, but um, if there are challenges, and uh, then you. Um, You should be open together uh, in the working groups uh, to to uh, to share the, not only the challenges but maybe sometimes also the solutions, in order to speed up the process uh, that um, 
we um, uh, reach our goals uh, as set in the Denim deal. Mm -hmm. So uh, when uh, did you set your goals for the Denim deal? Was it with the steering committee in the beginning? No, it was before. It was uh, okay. before the signing of the um, of the Denim deal. So in the Denim deal, the, the text of the Denim deal is not only a vision on uh, where are we going to, um, uh, but also to uh, to focus on uh, specific targets, like the target that we want to have a sort of um, baseline of uh, uh, at least five percent recycled uh, post-consumer recycled content in new denim garments, um, and um, for specific for um, uh, three million um, uh, jeans. Um, there should be um, uh, at least a percentage of uh, 20% of post-consumer recycled uh, cotton. So that that were really um, um, uh, specific targets, and um, and we are we are monitoring of if we um, can uh, reach that uh, that goals those goals. To set these targets, of course, before to write the, the deal on on paper. Uh, there are some stakeholder meetups uh, before, and that's uh, that was the job as well from House of Denim uh, to see what can be the targets, uh, the availability of post-consumer textiles, uh, where we can go, and uh, to go for the maximum uh, at the knowledge front in that moment, and that's how the targets were set. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand. Maybe you can explain our listeners uh, a bit more background information about the House of Denim. I don't know if all our listeners are actually aware uh, what the House of Denim is. Uh, the House of Denim is an uh, institution here in Amsterdam and they lead uh, uh, together with brands but also with students and also with innovators in the denim industry, uh, discussions, roundtables, education, to get aligned with the industry, uh, what is needed for the industry, uh, what kind of people are needed in the industry uh, to progress uh, the industry. And the House of Denim is doing mainly uh, this kind of things, and uh, they participate also in fairs with the uh, King's um, Uh, Kingpins here in uh, in Amsterdam, uh, so they lead the discussion uh, of innovation in the denim industry. Mm -hmm. Cool, thank you. Uh, so coming back to the target and the goals, um, since the goals were set before the denim deal was written down, we understood that. So what about uh, the reach? Did you reach the targets? Uh, because the denim deal, that was meant uh, for uh, like a period of three years. And uh, since it started in October two, uh, 2020, and uh, we are now talking in September 2023, so it's uh, nearly coming to an end. So what about uh, your targets have you reached them you can see the monitoring uh, the monitoring is online uh, the monitoring what who's what's online is uh, the monitoring of the year 2022 the tar the target is 2023 so next year in april june uh, between april and june the monitoring of 2023 the end monitoring will be online But what we do see is that because of this collaboration and the enthusiasm of the brands, um, that we see that the already the target of the three million uh, is reached, but on European level. So the target was to put three million on the Dutch market, and yes, it are Dutch brand based, basically Dutch uh, brands who are here with the headquarters in the Netherlands. But of course, they sell also to this online store, so through online store. So their jeans is also sold in Germany and in uh, in Italy, for example. So we see that the target, yes, is reached. And, um, and what we also do see is that the 20%, because we focused on mechanically recycled post-consumer cotton um, and that that is reached as well and in the denim garments we see also that it's a, sometimes a higher amount um, although we set up targets of there of 5% post-consumer because the thread and the, fi uh, the fibers are thinner um, 
yeah, so the, we can say that the target of uh, uh, to put uh, on the market, yes, it's reached. The challenge is to put it on the Dutch market. And that is because also these uh, brands who joined the denim deal are not only selling on the Dutch market, but also internationally. Mm-hmm. I understand. But I mean, uh, anyway, it's a really successful story, I would say, at least from my perspective. And uh, how you set it up, uh, the whole process, it seemed to be working very well. So um, it could uh, work as a blueprint also for uh, like a European uh, denim deal. Would you agree? Yes, I, I, I agree. It's um, There's a lot of interest also from uh, other countries, other Uh, governments, but also other um, uh, companies uh, um, uh, involved. So we are looking forward to uh, see if we could um, um, develop a European denim deal, um, which of course should have higher targets because um, uh, so that's uh, that's also the role of governments, not only to connect uh, with a lot of um, uh, private stakeholders, but also to um, to challenge the industry to um, to raise the bar um, and um, uh, become more circular and more more sustainable. Uh, so that's the discussion with the industry at the moment that we um, we want to 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 um, to create uh, such a, um, a denim deal on the European level. Uh, and there is much more awareness than a few years ago um, because, of course, uh, also for that the. Um, European strategy on textiles, um, uh, EPR schemes that uh, that are uh, under development, um, so extended producer responsibility schemes, where the industry has the responsibility to um, uh, to organize and and to pay for the uh, collection, sorting, and recycling of um, of, of discarded uh, garments, um, in order to. Um, um, Include um, what they uh, what they bring to the market, also to the effects on the environment. So um, uh, there is much more awareness, and I think that it uh, it helps also uh, if we could um, uh, enlarge the community of practice uh, to the European uh, market. Um, and well, um, there is um, there's uh, much appetite also with the existing. Uh, companies. I think so too. So that would be my follow-up question. So how far how far are you already to uh, set this uh, European denim deal up? And if uh, any interested companies are listening to this uh, episode of our podcast, um, is it a good idea that they would reach out to you, for example, um, that they uh, express the interest in uh, being part of uh, such a European denim deal? Yes, for sure. Ha- happy to uh, to receive them and. Um, And at the same time, um, I would like to have them also uh, committed to um, um, to um, to the, the 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 high targets we 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 set. Uh, so it's not um, not uh, for free. They have to to show that um, that they uh, that they can add to the community of practice, but also in the whole value chain to influence their their whole value chain to um, to make those. Um, Uh, they, those targets uh, uh, achieved in practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. So um, I would really like to know a bit about the challenges you were facing uh, within the three years process. Yeah, the biggest challenge is uh, to get the mm-hmm. to get the collectors uh, on board because, of course, the collectors uh, they and the sorters they earn uh, most of their money by selling the secondhand clothes as they are. And that's also very good because we want to have uh, a durable uh, fashion industry. So when it can be uh, sold for a second or a third time, will be better than to make new. Um, but the sorting, um, we saw that the sorting becomes more and more uh, important. And uh, it's very lovely to see that also the sorters, uh, they also start new companies to sort better because we start to understand that in the start we were talking about uh, post-consumer textiles but within the denim industry we know also that uh, mono yarns are very important also when this recycled or this circular denim will be discarded again that it can be recycled again 
and that's it's important to have as much as possible a mono yarn. So we see a Swift uh, also with denim brands that they are going to use uh, less other products than uh, materials than cotton. And um, but to have enough 100% post-consumer cotton, um, yeah, you have to uh, reset also this sorting um, companies. And uh, of course, there is now um, chemical recycling, mechanical recycling, and we see that there's a lot of developing going on now, and also collaboration with uh, the sorting industry. Uh, while three, four years ago, uh, brands who were talking with sorters or collectors was very, very rare, was very unique. And now you can see uh, this collaboration more and more, but it's still a challenge to get um, your products uh, collected, uh, sorted, and to come back in your supply chain. So we have to approach it more wider. And uh, what we can see that is that some brands, they want their um, their garments in back, but we have to see it a little bit uh, broader to change really the industry. And I was also thinking about, uh, since you are talking about mechanical recycling and 100% cotton, um, I think, at least from my point of view on the denim market, um, for like from a fashion point of view and also from like a female point of view, uh, most of the at least like uh, women's uh, jeans are made uh, with about like, I don't know, 5% of elastane. So is it possible to actually recycle these jeans as well? Yeah, we were thinking, yes, but we were thinking uh, to you that it was possible. But learning and also this three years learning, we see that we also have maybe that's a good a challenge in the Den Deal 2.0, uh, the next one, uh, to see if there are innovations possible that we can do have stretch in denim materials but without to use this uh, lycras or this polyesters. Osmari, do you have any numbers uh, concerning like the whole jeans market? How many jeans uh, are actually made from 100% cotton uh, from like a bigger, like the whole scale market? And how many are uh, like mixed with mixed fibers? Yeah, these figures uh, we do not have, honestly, because uh, when uh, garments enters in the Dutch market, We only see how many kilograms uh, enters in the Dutch market, but um, the blends, etc., are not uh, filled out. And even not, it's not uh, really, uh, these figures are not uh, transparent yet. And that's the biggest challenge. So how many pieces are really made from 100% cotton or with from mixed fibers? And I think um, that that's a lack. And therefore, also one of the working group was more transparency. And I think it's a good thing that also from the National Commission, but also the European Commission, that material passports will be most more important coming years, that we truly know what's inside a garment. Um, we know also that targets from the Far East coming to Europe and when an target is fulfilled um, you put another label in it so also our government did a research about labeling in our garments and we saw that there is uh, a difference in what was on the label printed and what was really inside of the garment so that's why the numbers uh, even if the numbers we can do by reach use uh, research we maybe can find out, then we have to question ourselves, is it true? Because of this research, we found out that most uh, labels didn't say um, anything about what was truly in a garment. So to motivate and to stimulate the industry and to change the industry by sharing knowledge and why we are doing this and to focus on why we are doing this, to stimulate the whole supply chain in the market and to let them understand that's important, that we are transparent, that we do need to transform it and we are we must leave 
some materials. Uh, I think when you have this uh, coalition of the willings and the well-motivated brands, that we truly can change an industry. I absolutely agree. I mean, this is also what we are um, announcing with our summit as well, that uh, we are trying to um, give a platform for active alliances uh, where people can meet and then uh, hopefully do projects with each other and uh, come into co like lively co collaborations afterwards. Uh, just one thought. Maybe, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. uh, I can mm -hmm. I can add something um, because we have figures uh, in general about um, uh, the production of um, of all textiles uh, in the world, and it's um, uh, you have to see that the Netherlands and, Ger and Germany have rather um, more um, uh, cotton clothing mm -hmm. than um, than uh, um, worldwide. So it's about forty-five uh, percent of all um, uh, all textiles in the Netherlands is from uh, cotton, um, uh, where in the worldwide um, seventy percent of all uh, textiles are made from um, from polyester uh, and and other um, um, uh, plastic materials um, such as lycra, etc. And nowadays, you see a, a development that um, uh, more um, um, well combinations of uh, of cotton and uh, polyester uh, are used, and that's much di more difficult to to recycle. So there are um, coming up uh, new technologies um, on on um, on cotton and uh, to to um, new technologies on chemical recycling, um, where you can. Um, well, um, uh, select the uh, the cotton fibers from the uh, from the polyester ones, so that that there there are uh, technologies uh, coming up, but um, still we have um, uh, a, a lot of challenges in that uh, that sense. So in the end, it's also about design of new uh, new garments, where we try to convince the industry, so also the producers. Um, uh, in um, in countries like uh, uh, Turkey, uh, that they um, uh, produce um, uh, m more modern material clothing than um, than before. Um, so that's also part of the discussion within the denim deal to see what we can do uh, on that um, on the design phase at the design phase. Mm -hmm. And this is super important. And uh, I, I just wanted to share one experience I had when I was visiting uh, sorters and recycling plant here in Germany. They were doing some tests and uh, some sorting tests uh, with infrared um, because they also figured out that uh, like the information which is actually on the labeling is not matching with the real um, fiber mix uh, which is containing in the clothing. So uh, with this um, infrared technology, and like an automatic sorting um, possibility, they would be um, they would be much more effective in actually uh, having like this the right fibers after uh, after all to recycle then also in uh, high quality fibers. So I think there is technologies are in, uh, evolving. But uh, what what actually especially interests me is um, also about the digital passport um, because I've been. Uh, I've yeah, researched a bit about the textile strategy from the EU and I followed some recent discussions um, on like the information which uh, should be contained. So is there anything, uh, what do we know by today? Uh, what actually, is there any decision already taken? What kind of this, uh, information should be included in the digital passport uh, for clothing? Um, to my knowledge, because I'm, I'm not a specialist on, on this uh, topic, but uh, to my knowledge, it's not, not that far that it's uh, already... Uh, uh, implemented and um, and uh, agreed on uh, also by the European Parliament. So, um, but it's um, it's under development, and uh, the whole European Sustainable Product Regulations are under development, uh, and um, hopefully uh, soon it will um, it will be implemented uh, in the whole of Europe. Okay, but uh, let's go back to the denim deal, and then I would actually uh, throw my last question uh, to you. 
Um, so uh, since we are talking about circularity and closing the loop, uh, we were talking about brands, we were talking about sorters, we were talking about uh, um, uh, recyclers, uh, we were talking about spinners and weavers, uh, but we haven't been talking about consumers. Uh, so this is like uh, a gap also. So um, how did the denim deal influence uh, on consumers or were they even uh, actively involved? And uh, is there any campaign or was it even um, your interest from the beginning to actually co communicate the whole topic also to the end consumers? Yeah, the consumers, uh, they have to be reached by the brands and it's up to the brands what they communicate to the Consumers, what we do know from consumers uh, after 20 years of research, that yes, consumers do uh, think it's very important to be sustainable. And yes, they buy as well when they find it in the shopping street. But uh, when they are shopping, um, yeah, they look first and I can understand to if it fits well, if it is the nice garment, etc. So there are other elements what's coming up, but what we do see that is uh, that consumers also um, the last three years, the interest of consumers for sustainable fashion is growing, not only um on the make, but also secondhand, etc. So there is a movement uh, coming up, but what we also have to acknowledge is that pricing is a very important thing and the quality. And that's why also um, these were topics in the denim deal that we do want a pair of jeans with post-consumer recycled content in it for a good pricing and with um, a good quality. And um, yeah, then for a consumer, it's not so important. And we in the, in the Netherlands are also very keen on uh, greenwashing. So I see that also a lot of brands are a little bit quiet about communicating about what they are doing. And we developed a logo for the denim deal, but also the logo is only blue because we want to avoid greenwashing because the denim deal says any, uh, only the things about the post-consumer textile what was added to the yarns to make uh, this uh, circular denim and uh, the positive side of it is that brands start also to rethink the whole commitment on sustainability not only about circularity but What's up more about materials? Uh, what do we use? What kind of strategy we have? What com commitment we have to our workers? So that is the positive side of the denim deal. But the goal of the denim deal was only uh, to have this post-consumer textiles added in their quality for good quality and um, and for almost the same price. Well, maybe to to add to this uh, because it's um um. Consumers buy what uh, what uh, uh, brands and retailers bring to the market, uh, and they uh, they have a lot of influence uh, on consumer behavior. Uh, so it's first so also to um, and that's that was the whole idea about, uh, uh, around the uh, the denim deal to create a demand for recycled cotton uh, where there is no regulations yet on recycled cotton in. In uh, in uh, in new clothing, uh, it's, it will come with the uh, new European Sustainable Product Regulation, but it's not there yet. So um, that's that's the first one. The second is that there is um, uh, coming up a, a green claims initiative by the European Commission to prevent um, uh, a further green green washing by by companies. So that helps also a bit in. Um, in changing and to to help the consumers see what what is really sustainable and what is not. Uh, also, with the label uh, initiative, we are talking um, uh, also as a government with um, uh, several um, other governments within the European Union uh, to talk about um, sustainable labels uh, to make it easier for the consumer to to uh, to 
uh, to buy only sustainable products. And at the same time, we have launched um, uh, last year also um, a campaign, um, a publicity campaign to uh, not only to um, uh, use recycled uh, materials in, in new garments, but also to reduce the, um, the amount of, uh, of garments uh, people buy. So it's um, it's about um, um, rethinking your um, um, well to to, uh, to realize that um, that you can use the garments much more often and intensively than nowadays um, 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 the case is. So I, I think a lot of um, elements come together, uh, but it's a, a, a broader topic than only the denim deal. And the Denim Deal can do uh, something um, uh, on that, but it's um, it's mainly the um, retailers and the brands uh, um, who have the responsibility uh, to show the public to uh, uh, that they uh, become um, more um, sustainable. And if you want to sell less, then you should have a higher quality, and you have to rethink your business model. So that's another topic which uh, should be um, on the agenda for the for the coming years with the brands. Um, how to um, well, uh, how to create a business, a sound business, um, and at the same time selling less. So that's uh, that's a challenge as well. And to make it more attractive to actually include, like uh, right now, uh, still recycled fibers are most often more expensive also for brands to buy. Uh, so it needs to be more attractive also from a business point of view to actually uh, include recycled fibers into your products. Well, I don't believe that it's um, it's always um, uh, um, um, more costly, that, it, that, that the price will raise by um, using recycled uh, cotton. Um, so um, it's, um, and that therefore it's also very um, important, but it's also very nice that uh, a lot of um, Stakeholders from Turkey and also Spain and uh, and uh, Pakistan joined the denim deal. Uh, although it started with a national um, uh, collaboration, public-private collaboration, you see that those um, those manufacturers, spinners, and weavers joined this 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 whole movement. Um, and if they can set new um, new norms uh, about uh, using recycled cotton in new products, um, then um, it, is, um, it will be the standard uh, of uh, what, what comes to the market. And um, consumers uh, will, uh, will buy it than anyhow. Yeah, I just wonder, talking about the Green Claims Initiative, I just see uh, like some insecurity uh, within the industry right now. So uh, some bigger brands have stopped uh, communicating like sustainability efforts. And I wondered what effect it will have on the industry itself because uh, communication has been so far um, quite some uh, big reason for a lot of brands to actually start um, working with sustainability if they were not intrinsic uh, motivated um, so that was like uh, that was always like the the deal somehow for the CSR departments uh, towards the management to say like we have something to communicate and our co consumers um, are actually aware of sustainability and that's why we want to do it and uh, I, I wonder how this development will uh, now um, develop um, into like the future when the right now it's it's a lot of insecurity about the green claims um, and yeah I don't know what effect it will have on the industry in the end. I hope they will uh, realize that they have to to show to the public that uh, they really are sustainable. So have, they have to prove um, uh, that they um, are doing the the right job. So it's um, well um, the the um, the need for and and um, um, the demand for uh, more sustainable products uh, comes from the market, and it's especially the younger generation. It's um, is demanding very, um, very intensively to the to the brands that they um, they expect that that they um, they are uh, sustainable and they have to show it. Um, and that I think that the, the Green Claims Initiative helps to to make make that uh, more transparent and to uh, to um, 
incentivized um, um, the brands to uh, to become really sustainable. Not only saying that they are, are uh, sustainable. Mm, yeah, I hope so too. I absolutely share your vision. So, since uh, our time is um, going or uh, coming to an end, uh, do you have? Uh, there is now the possibility to have some final words. So I would uh, just give you the possibility first, uh, Arno, and then uh, Rosemarie to just uh, leave um, something uh, for our listeners. To change the world, to change the industry, is starting uh, with yourself. So uh, we have together and. Uh, way to go and we know all what is happening at the moment with climate change and uh, where it comes from and we have to take responsibility uh, all by ourselves so that's why I ask brands to join if you have still a lack of knowledge in this field uh, to join and to share and uh, so we can move on together. Yes and I think it's uh, also uh, important that um, the industry feels um, Uh, supported by governments um, in that same di direction, that it's a um, uh, sort of um, um, comfort that um, uh, that it's not only the industry um, having to to change their business models and to change uh, the, the materials they use, um, but also that um, they are supported by the governments um, worldwide uh, in the same direction. So that's why that that public-private partnership is uh, is crucial, I think, for uh, getting the right innovations to the, uh, to the market to to share a lot of knowledge and experiences um, of what works and what works not um, to to accelerate the process towards um, a, a circular economy. And I think that um, uh, that uh, a lot of governments should um, should engage with the industry. And uh, happy to uh, to um, uh, invite um, uh, all those governments as well to um, to a new um, European or international denim uh, deal, uh, because I think that's uh, that's the future. And of course, sometimes regulations help uh, to uh, to set the new standards, etc. But it starts with um, uh, collaboration and um, understanding each other and. Um, um, innovating and getting those circular innovations to the market. Thank you. That was really nice closing words. And that was also a call to action to our listeners. Uh, so all of you who are actually working with companies or having their own companies, please uh, get involved in an upcoming denim deal. And also if there are some politicians here uh, around us, uh, please also get in contact with Arno. So that was really great to hear talking more deeply about these topics and learning about the, the current state of the denim deal and, and that they will finish the monitoring around April next year. And then after that, we can really look also into how to build on that. And I also thought it's, it's really exciting to understand one more, how, what kind of leadership role also the Netherlands was playing by bringing their own circularity uh, economy, uh, circular economy uh, strategy onto the table that was inspiring for the whole EU uh, in, in, in different ways, I guess. And also to see the, the parallels between the German and the Dutch uh, approaches and how maybe now we can see that the denim deal becomes also a relevant thing in Germany and or in, in whole of Europe. So Magdalena, what, what did you take from, from this? Did you... Do you think we can now really go into our network and, and, and work on, on, on denim brands coming together for a European deal? Yeah, that was um, obviously what we discussed also, that um, if somebody is interested or some company is interested, uh, please get back to us uh, and uh, contact uh, Arno um, or Rosemary, because uh, this is definitely the plan to set up like a denim deal in a broader context on a EU level, and it's also needed. I found it particularly interesting also that they met their goals um, in the denim deal, um, but not uh, focused only on the Netherlands, on 
not only focused on the Dutch market, but uh, on the broader market. So yeah. in the end, um, more recycled content was actually uh, implemented in the jeans and also sold, um, but not only sold in, in the Netherlands. And uh, I mean, this is also showing us that's a very important project and it's also accepted from the industry. Yeah, totally. And I think it's also very interesting learning. We need this kind of initiatives that start in a bubble that is, you know, controllable where you have really engaged stakeholders. I think I know also touched on that, that they started with a really small but super engaged group of, of stakeholders. Um, and now we saw it worked in the Netherlands, but at the same time, we also saw you can't keep these projects in one country because yes, brands sell international. So it, it, it makes sense to start in smaller bubbles, but probably the national perspective is actually not the future one, but more the European or the, the international one, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're working in a global industry and that's, uh, that's shown again <laughs> with, the, with that project as well. Yeah. And then I thought like just uh, as a nice ambition for the next one, they also talked about maybe looking a bit more into material innovation, I guess, at least that's what I read between the lines when I listened to it, uh, because they said in, in a potential deal 2.0, one could look a bit more into Elastan in into like how to work with these kind of different components in, in denim that nowadays are often present in, in the Uh, in the denim jeans and I think that would be a really good um, addition to to the very ambitious kind of circular uh, uh, goals already. Absolutely that's um, for sure one of the challenges that um, most pair of jeans they are not made from 100% cotton so we discussed about that as well but I mean uh, they also mentioned there's a couple of uh, startups and scale-ups already looking into fiber to fiber recycling so there might be possibilities and opportunities opening up now for like a broader scale. Yeah, that's all amazing, I would say. So um, I hope also our audience enjoyed all this content. And uh, yeah, obviously, as usually, there is more information in the show notes. Uh, we are very happy to uh, provide also contact to Ano in case you are a denim brand that wants to get uh, uh, into a European denim deal. Um, but next, I would already like to announce... Uh, another angle to the denim topic again uh, coming back from from the content from our denim pop-up in berlin we will uh, be featuring a conversation between two different but really cool uh, guests that we had speaking at the pop-up um, it's Semmer Gedig from Auf Augenhöhe and Marian von Rapport, who will join Lou, one of uh, our summits and podcast organizers, in a conversation about ethical denim, adaptive fashion and the importance of new collaborations. Yeah, that would be really interesting to listen to that, uh, especially on the spotlight of inclusive denim. I think Sema is one of the, I don't know, um, one of the persons I know with most expertise on this. Uh, so she's been working uh, with this topic for many, many years already and uh, doing great projects and collaborations as well. So um, it's really, it's going to be really interesting to hear and learn from her about collaborating and uh, how to adjust sizing and so on to, to different target groups. It made me totally happy to see how they also met at, at our pop-up and, and clicked. And, and, and now they are in a conversation also, you know, without us and, and looking into collaboration that is, for example, looking into having pockets or no pockets on denim, depending on the use case. Um, so, yeah, inclusion really, I think, is a topic that, that will run a lot of the discourses in the next couple of months and years to come. So we're very happy to host this conversation further. Absolutely. And um, please check out our show notes to find further information about the Dutch denim deal and further plans. And also follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram on 202030 Summit. And news are to find on our website 202030summit.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm -hmm.